0: Gather ye friends around your flickering campfires and listen to tales of daring, horror and high adventure from the worn pages of history. Set aside your dreams of a republic and join us, your storytellers, as we return to glorious Rome. There's some loose ends that need tying up, dear listener. And this week, we will tie some of them. Tie them good, we will. We wouldn't need this episode if someone hadn't decided to be all self-indulgent with a ridiculous time machine skit. Which wasn't anywhere near as funny as someone thought it was. Hey! You leave him alone, you beasts! I, for one, adore the Time Machine bit. I wish I was as good at writing as you, Pear Bear. Oh, don't worry, Bob-Bob. Keep practising, and one day you'll get there. In fact, as a gesture of my undying respect, I officially forgive you your debt. You no longer owe me five pounds, which you have owed me since Masashi Part 3. Oh, hooray! What's happening? I I thought Bob-Bob hated the Time Machine bit. He does. But Pear Bear's done the script this week, so Bob-Bob has to say the lines he's written. Oh, that's why his eyes are screaming. Those aren't your lines. Bilbo, you're supposed to say, perhaps we should do another time machine bit. And then Tombo says, huzzah for Pear Bear. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Nor I. Oh, please. Ha! You will receive no huzzahs today, you tyrant. I certainly do not forgive your debt. In fact, with interest and the... Increase in the cost of living, it's now more like nine pounds that you owe me. Nine pounds? Where am I supposed to get money like that on a non-London balanced tourism wage? And for the record, the Time Machine bit was too silly, too silly even for this show. And it's got silly in the title. What title is that? THE SILLY HISTORY BOYS SHOW! Who are we and what would we do with the power of a Roman Emperor? I am Tombo, and as the Supreme Leader I would outlaw feet and wet clothing. I am Uncle Bilbo. My reign would be remembered as a golden age full of glorious conquests by fit mums. Oh, Pepe. Oh, why do I have to read these lines? You made me seem so creepy. That's it, I'm done, I'm done. I am done being the creepy guy. On the silly history boys show. I am the Pear Bear, and if I were to take command of everything, I'd be a wise and fair ruler. At first. As time went on, I imagine I'd become drunk on the power. It probably wouldn't end well. And I am your dear Uncle Bob-Bob. With unlimited power, I would have Liverpool made the capital of Wales. Cymru, our brief meet. So, as we've said, this week we're returning to ancient Rome and continuing the tale of Julius Caesar. Hang on. How are we going to do that? Part three ended with Caesar getting stabbed 23 times, and I counted, and then he died. A fair point and well made, but... We need to talk about what happened in the aftermath of his death. There were some very serious battles, battles, killings, uprisings. Oh Lordy, yes, all of those and more. But what I want to talk about is the serious political repercussions. Politics. Oh God, no politics, oh, boo, politics, politics. Blue. Oh, fine. We'll just do the fun stuff, then. Hooray! Hooray! Let us begin our tale in the Theatre of Pompey. It is 44 BC, the Ides of March, and Julius Caesar has called a meeting of the Senate. Haven't we done this bit? Shh. There you are, Caesar. I want to discuss the petition to bring back my brother from exile. I hear you, Talius Kimber. And I promise you that your petition will be discussed in the near future. But for now, I have a more pressing issue. The people of Rome call me to the Senate, brother, and I must needs head there to improve their lives through the medium of cunning, legislation, and inspirational leadership. You will do no such thing. Come here! Kimber! No! Why, this is violence! Not as violent as this. Get him, lads! Stab him up a notch! Well, now you've done it, Casca! Done what? Now you've ticked Caesar off. Oh No! this, <Uh-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Caesar, no more. We were so wrong to try and assassinate you. You're just too awesome, and we were jealous of that awesomeness. Please don't tell Mark Antony about this. We fear his astonishing power. Oh, yes. Mark Antony is certainly a handsome and intimidating fellow who, as your master of the horse, second in command, should be afforded the greatest of respect. You thought you could stab me, Caesar, 22 times and get away with it? 22 times, old boy. (laughs) We stabbed you 23 times. A two. Brutus. Kimber, Casca, go and tell the people of Rome that they are free. From freedom. I, Brutus. I'm their god now. (laughs) Mark! Mark Antony! As my second in command. And therefore, by the strictest and most binding laws, my heir apparent, I order you to avenge me. Thanks, heroic nonsense. Avenge me? (laughs) (laughs) Hag <laughs> <laughs> on, that don't make no sense, like. Uh, I beg your pardon, what? Why was Caesar calling out to you? You weren't even there. You weren't even in earshot, like. Why would a man use his last breath to speak to someone who weren't even there, like? Alright, yes, I may have embroidered the tail a bit. I think you've done more than embroider. You had Caesar leaping all around the place, slaying senators like a ninja, which is extra confusing, because as the Roman mob, we don't even know what a ninja is. Fine. It may not have gone down exactly as I just described. Lies. And at Caesar's funeral and all. For shame, lads. For shame. It's supposed to be a eulogy, not a eulogy. Tell you what, I'll start again, shall I? <clears throat> Friends. Romans. Countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. You're not here to bury him either. He's being cremated, like right here in the forum and all. And the whole point of a eulogy is to praise the deceased, surely. Right. I've had enough of you two. Uh, Centurion, yes. <laughs> yes, you. Yeah, no, come here. Come here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you come here. Yes, sir. Get rid of these idiots, will you? I've got a mob to rile up and they're getting him away. Yes, sir. Uh, is that a good idea, sir? Riling up the mob? Of course it's a good idea. Just got to rile them up in the right direction. What direction's that? Shut up! Ow! Uh, remind me of your name, Centurion. Rufus, sir. Rufus Expositionus. Oh, yes. Thought I recognised you. Well, Rufus Expositionus, let me fill you in with what's been going on. A few days ago, our dictator for life, Julius Caesar, was murdered by a small group of discontented Roman senators who call themselves the Liberatores. I hate the Tories! Shut up! Ow! The Liberatores are led by Tyleus Kimber, Gaius Cassius Longinus and Brutus. Which Brutus, What do you mean? Well, there's two Brutuses, sir. Marcus Junius Brutus, who's a general and a leader of the conspiracy to assassinate Caesar, and Decimus Junius Brutus Albinus, who Caesar loved like a son. His stabby betrayal is what makes the line Et Tu Brute so very poignant. Oh, right, uh, I think I mean both. Oh, so we're smashing two separate people into one cleaner, more narrative-friendly character, are we? If it's good enough for Con Iggledon, it's good enough for me. And you, listener, and you. Very good, sir. Please continue. Now, after they'd murdered Caesar, the Liberators ran into the streets and told the common people that they were free. The people who just happened to be a big fan of Caesar were quite annoyed that he'd just been murdered by a bunch of poshors and started getting rioty. Plebs love a riot, sir. i he's not wrong. Shut up! Ow! The liberatories were in serious danger of getting rioted to death, which is why I leapt into action. Sword swinging, hunting down Caesar's assassins like a Roman version of the Punisher type of action! No. Political action. Using my position as consul, which, for those who haven't listened to the Caesar episodes, is like being president. Except it's not, and there's two of you. I force the Tories to support Caesar's new laws. The ones I killed him for? The very same young man. In exchange for a pardon and protection from the plebs, they were willing to do pretty much anything I wanted. Including supporting me as Caesar's heir so I could have all his stuff. What was that last bit? Shut up! Ow! He's got a point now. What was that last bit? Look, no one wanted the city of Rome burned to the ground in a revenge riot. I found a middle ground between all parties and managed to wind up as the head of Caesar's side of the Senate. So, what if that brings with it lots of lots of lovely money and a massive army? And we're doing it all for the good of Rome. That's good then. So you won't have minded when they read Caesar's will out in the Senate, and it said that he had adopted that Octavius fellow as his son and heir, will you? Well, you're a stronger man than me, Mister Mark Antony. If I'd been thinking I was the heir to a huge fortune and a massive army, and then found out that I wasn't, and even worse, some punk kid had gotten the job instead of me, I'd be more than a little bit ticked off. Since you're in, yes, sir. Oh! Of course! Oh! UP! (laughs) All of that is as it may be. I'll deal with Octavius when he gets here. In the meantime, I've got to get rid of the Tories before they stop doing what I want them to do. The best way to do that is to rile up the mob to chase them out of Rome. How are you going to do that then? Like this. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is often interred with their bones. Mark Antony's speech at Caesar's funeral whipped up the angry populace so well it has gone down in history as one of the most mob-whippy-uppingly speech ever made. Caesar's funeral took place in the Forum. And by the time Mark Antony was finished, an angry mob was setting fire to many of its buildings. Most of the libertories were chased out of the city, fearing for their lives. Mark Antony had Rome in his grasp and was not planning on relinquishing his newfound power any time soon. However, there was the small issue of Caesar's actual successor. Caesar had named his great-nephew Octavius as his heir and even adopted him as his only Roman son in his will. Octavius was to receive most of Caesar's immense estate and control his legions, not Mark Antony. The 20-year-old Octavius was learning how to be a general in Greece when Caesar was assassinated. To buy himself enough time to cement his grip on power, Mark Antony had a messenger sent to Octavius telling him that Caesar had left all his wealth To the people of Rome. Oh, that's fibs! And so while Mark Antony was getting the Libertores to vote for Caesar's laws... And pardoning Caesar's assassins so the posho senators would keep him in charge... Whilst also inciting mobs against the assassins to appease Caesar's soldiers' need for vengeance... Octavius had no idea he was now one of the wealthiest people in Rome. Of course, when I found out, I was livid! Er, who are you and why are you wearing a bedsheet? It's Octavius, Bilbo. I reckon that's Octavian... They're both my name. Gaius Octavius is what I used as a young man. Octavian is the name I used after being made Caesar's heir. Well, actually, that's fibs. I used the name Gaius Julius Caesar after being adopted. <laughs> that's far too confusing if we want this story to make any sense. So we'll go with Octavian. So what did you do when you found out Mark Antony had tricked you? Well, firstly, he didn't trick me, did he? He just lied not hugely clever. I'm the hugely clever one. Mark Antony is a bumbling oaf who spends the vast majority of his time drunk. Are you sure? We certainly didn't portray him like that in the first trilogy. Well, that's because Pear Bear forgot about that bit, didn't you, Pear Bear? I'm um... Well... For example, you didn't mention that when Caesar took his armies to Egypt in pursuit of Pompey, he made Mark Antony governor of Italy, did you? No, but... Or that he did such a horrifically poor job of it, Caesar was forced to return home and fix everything. In my defence, I was focusing more on Caesar than on Antony, and the episodes could only be so long. Tales of my great-uncle new dad aside, I am talking relevant information for this episode. So can we... Get on with it? Please do. Why don't you cut to me defeating Mark Antony at the Battle of Mutina in 43 BC? What kind of cut, to Mr Octavian? Soft? Lingering? Sudden? Give me the hardest of cuts. Oi, you young man! Uh yeah? Are you Senator Lucius Pontius Aquila? The first of Caesar's assassins to be killed? Oh, spoilers by the way! Um, well I hope not... Well, do you want Mark Antony? There's absolutely no chance we had some sort of awesome duel, and then you killed me in battle. Absolutely did not happen. Oh, well, guess what? We're going to do it anyway. Hi, (laughs) (laughs) One down. Sixty or so to go. Sixty or so, sir? Care to be more specific? History cares not to be, Centurion. Who am I to argue? She's a cruel mistress, sir. How fares the battle? Oh, and have we found Brutus? Which one, sir? Not this again. The older, you know, general-shaped one. Not the love-like-a-son one. Decimus, Brutus, sir. Yes, him. He's over there, sir. Looks like he's bored of being under siege. Oh, look, he's making a run for it. Oh! Oh, <laughs> look, they've got him! Hey! Um... I've executed him. Hooray! We've won! Oh, well, great. That ended nicely. Right, let's head back to Rome. The men are exhausted after all that sieging. Not so fast! Octavius! Octavian, And you know it, you old cretin. You listen here, young fellow. No, you listen, you pass your best wine-soaked lout. My army is about to utterly crush your army. My army, you mean? Uh, sorry, yes, Aulus Hertius, your army. Aulus Hertius' army is going to crush your army. In fact, me mate Hertius said he was going to kill you himself. Did I? Centurion, deal with this Hertius character, will you? Yes, sir. Hey, what are you doing? Oh! Oh! mortally wounded me. Oh, rude. <gasps> Fallen on my keys. Right, where was I? Oh yes, my army, because it is now my army, is going to crush your army. Yeah, well, I'm gonna crush your face. Nice comeback, sir. Silence, oink. What do you mean it's your army? You've been mortally wounded. Upon your death, I will assume overall command of your legions. Wait a minute, that's what you did with Gaius Panzer's army. Will that be the other consul whose army Octavian has stolen? The very same. He was killed fighting Antony a few weeks ago and Octavian took charge of all five of his legions. Five? Look at me with all the legions. It's almost like I planned it that way. I tell you what, why don't you and me team up? We'd be a force to be reckoned with. Um, because I don't like you, and you had a man lie to me about my inheritance, which is partly why I don't like you. Ah, but you see, you've become too powerful too quickly, haven't you? The Senate is never going to let the son of Caesar run around with six legions. They'll be voting as hard as they can to stop you in your tracks. I'm not sure you can vote hard, but you have my attention. Hey, if we team up, we have enough supporters in the Senate to do whatever we want. We can make sure you keep your legions and I keep my political office. It literally causes me to vomit in my mouth to admit this, but you have a point. There's only one problem. If our team-up is going to work, we're going to need a third person and his votes to give us total domination of the Senate. Hello! Oh, no! No, Marcus Aemilius Lepidus. That's right, Sonny, the least influential member of the Second Triumvirate who no one ever remembers. Because you're boring. So boring. I am not. In fact, once when I was a younger man. Blah. Oh. Blah. I haven't yeah. even started Blah. yet. Oh, so boring. boring. Oh, man. Blah. Do you want my votes or not? Oh, yes. Yes, Yes, please. Then you can both remember your manners. I was one of Caesar's most trusted supporters and generals, and I'm also the Pontifex Maximus, which, in case you didn't know, is an insanely big deal. Is it? Yes. I'm basically the Roman version of the Pope. The Roman version of the Pope is the Pope. Shut up, Hertius! I mean, I'm the most important priest in the Roman Republic, and you know it. Also, why are you bleeding so profusely? I've been mortally wounded so Octavian can steal my legion. Oh, the old get stabbed and steal their legion, eh? Nicely done, young man. Thanks. In fact, uh, I think I might be about to... Oh, dear... Well, that's the end of him. So, what should we call our three-way team up then? What about Lepidus and friends? The Caesar threesome. I think the second triumvirate will probably do the job, don't you? No, it's I suppose it might. And so, the second triumvirate was formed. Well, something like that, but a lot more drawn out in politicsy. Eh? And they now set about using that power to hunt down anyone who had been involved in Caesar's assassination. It was not a good time to be a liberatory. Good morning, son. What a glorious day. What are you so happy about, father? These months under the Second Triumvirate have been quite hard on all of us. I know, my dear boy, but today is going to be different. I've been invited onto the Silly History Boys show. They're going to do a whole scene with me. Really? But no one knows who you are, Father. You're just one of the nameless conspirators in Caesar's assassination. Not after today. No. After today, everyone will know the name Stabius Centaurus and his young son, Youngius. I've got a terrible feeling about this, Father. Our names sound awfully made up. Who could that be at this hour? Hello? Stabius Centaurus? Yes. Yes. You've been proscribed by the second triumvirate. Have I? But I haven't been to the doctors. Not prescribed? Proscribed! Hang on, Marcus, didn't we make that joke in the first Caesar episode? Call back! Do you mean you're here to kill me and to take all my money and property for the government? That's what prescription is! Damn those silly history boys. This is my scene, isn't it? Yep! You ready then? Not really. What have I character three? One. You uh, That was on one. It's better if you're not expecting it. I suspect it's pretty bad either way. Right, well, that's the end of me. <gasps> hey, you stabbed my dad. Are you younger, you senatorus? What if I am? You have been prescribed by the Second Triumvirate. Have I? I haven't even been to the doctors. Right, come here. Ah! Between them, Antony, Octavian and Lepidus managed to draw up a prescription list of nearly 2,500 names. If you were one of the assassins, you were on the list. If you were friends with the assassins, you were on the list. If you knew where someone on the list was and didn't say, you were put on the list. Not everyone on the list was killed. Some had only their money, their land and their possessions taken away from them. Oh, much more friendly. One of the senators who was most definitely killed was a man called Cicero. He was not a big fan of Mark Antony and would make long speeches against him on regular occasions. When soldiers caught up with him, his hands and his head were chopped off and displayed on the rostra. The stage where all the big speeches were given in Rome. That's a strong message, that's what that is. With prescriptions underway, the next step was to deal with the leaders of the plot. Brutus and Cassius had fled to the east and taken control of the Roman territories there. They'd also made themselves very rich in the two years since Caesar's assassination, campaigning through Asia Minor and sacking cities with their armies. But it would be at Philippi in Greece that their fate would be decided. All is lost. My lord Cassius, you, you you, you don't know that. So much dust has been kicked into the air by battle, you can, you, you can barely see your hand in front of your face. Anjali's forces have smashed into our camp. And Darus, there's no chance the Brutus' legions have fared any better against Octavians. Only one thing left to do take my sword. No, no, no. Surely there's another way, my lord. Absolutely not, my friend. It is quite possible that Brutus is most probably, almost certainly dead. Cut down in his prime. I must join him in the afterlife. Uh, But, 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 we don't know that sir i know it pindarus i feel it in my soul no the only thing left to us now is for you to take my sword and kill me with it okay uh but i really think this is a bad idea it is the only way for the republic oh i uh I thought you, you'd do it then, you know. You didn't say! I thought it'd be obvious! Oh, I messed that up, haven't I? Yes. Good news, Cathy. We've won the day. Octavian's camp is ours. No one could have predicted this. Oh, dear. Right? (laughs) He made me do it. Oh, I'm sure he did, old boy, but it's history times, so we probably had you executed anyway. Oh. Yes, in one of the greatest misjudgments in history, Cassius, chief architect of the plot to kill Caesar, thought that because his camp had been overrun by the soldiers of Mark Antony, all must be lost, and Brutus must be dead. He ordered his freed slave Pindarus to kill him. Cassius's head was found severed from his body. Clearly, Pindarus had some anger to work out. Brutus now stood alone. Well, alone with 40,000-ish men, but narratively, alone. Of the two of them, Cassius had been the one with the strategic mind, so Brutus now did his best to stick to Cassius' original plan. His legions would wait in their defensive positions until Octavian and Antony ran out of food and money and had to go home. A plan elegant in its simplicity. All they had to do was wait. Have they gone yet? Not yet, Lord Brutus. Alright. Now? Hang on, I'll just check. Nah, still here. Blast, how long have we been waiting now? Seventeen minutes, sir. Surely they'll run out of food in a minute. Yes, sir. Any minute now, I'm sure. General Brutus, sir! General Brutus! Sir! Yes, nameless legionary? What's got you so worked up? It's the men, sir. Oh no! They're rebelling, aren't they? No, sir. Worse, sir. Worse? They are bored, sir. <gasps> bored?! This is very serious, General. We need to attack immediately, or all hope is lost. The men are saying this, are so but they might as well just go home. Even a few more minutes of having to wait patiently could see us lose everything. But I promised them all extra money. It doesn't matter, sir. We need to battle and we need it now. Do, do, look. Some of the men have stood up and started kicking disconsolately at things with their hands in their pockets. The pockets haven't been invented. No time, sir. What are your orders? Um... Please, sir. Charge, I suppose? Yes, yes. men. Voice. Char- charge. Charge. Brutus is quoted as saying, I seem to carry on war like Pompey the Great, not so much commanding as command did. Which is a much more succinct way of explaining why Brutus' army attacked. Brutus was starting to lose men to desertion because of his inactivity and was left with little choice but to do what his generals wanted and join battle. The combat was brutal and bloody. Yes! Both armies ignored ranged weapons or even tactics and simply slammed immediately into a savage melee. Yeah! come on! Face to face, blade to blade, on ground churning to mud beneath their feet. The death toll on both sides would have been catastrophic. Yes! <laughs> but during the pre-battle manoeuvring of the armies... I think the bit where everyone shuffles around before a free kick in football, but, you know, it's it, it's armies instead. During that bit, Brutus' army had stretched itself thin on one side as it sought to stop Octavian and Antony surrounding them there. This meant when Brutus's army started to step backwards, they also turned, with one side moving backwards faster than the other. Octavian's men captured Brutus' camp, and with Brutus' men all snarled up in a big, twisty, stabby traffic jam, there was no way he could reform his lines. It was over. Are you certain, Centurion? They've captured our camp, General. It's game over, sir. But is it, though? Definitely, sir. All I'm saying is, Cassius convinced himself it was all over, didn't he? And look what happened to him. Got ahead of himself a bit. Don't laugh, Centurion. That wasn't a pun. (laughs) Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Now, one more time. Are you absolutely certain that we've lost? Absolutely certain, sir. There's no doubt about it, sir. Even the music is mournful, sir. Listen. Oh, blast. Well, hand me my sword, then. I'll do that, Centurion. Be on your way. General Brutus, sir. Oh, don't worry, Centurion. Mark Antony wasn't actually here when I died historically, so he poses me no danger. He's like a Jedi ghost type thing. You can be on your way. If you're certain, sir. I am. Off you pop. Goodbye, sir. And so it's come to this. Looks like it, doesn't it, Brutus? Wishing you hadn't stabbed Caesar now, I bet. I've wished it every day since it happened, Anthony. But I'd still do it again. He was killing the Republic. He was our friend. He was. Well, I'll be seeing him in a minute, won't I? Where did I put that sword? It's here. Want me to do it? No, no, no. You weren't here yet, remember? Oh, of course, yes. I'll order your body to be wrapped in purple cloth when we find it. How's that? Very gracious, my friend. You know, it was one of the conditions of me joining the plot that you should not be killed. Really? Why? Because it would have been unfair, old boy. You weren't the tyrant. Caesar was. We were supposed to be the good guys, remember? Anyway, um, yeah, I, I suppose i better get on with it then, shall I? Here we go. Oh, Craigie, Is this what I did to see there? Oh, it's awful! Sir, sir! Here he is! Here he is, sir! Right. Am I actually here now, or is this still some weird Jedi ghost thing? Yes, sir! Here an actual person, sir. And that's actually Brutus? Yes, sir. But which Brutus, sir? The younger Caesar loved him like a son one. Correct. Well done, sir. Yes. Shut up, Centurion. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. Fetch some purple cloth to cover him, will you? Can't have him lying there being all leaky. A lovely chest, you respect that, sir. I'll go find something. We don't give traitors respect. We should cut his head off and shove it on a spike. That will not be happening, Octavian. He killed my great-uncle dad. And now he's paid for it. But Like it or not, young man, at this point in the narrative I am the one with all the power. All the enemy generals are surrendering to me because they know I'm sensible and will show them mercy whereas you keep executing everybody. I am currently the foremost member of our triumvirate. So you'll do what you're told. I'm going back to Rome. I need to give land to all my veterans. And start plotting against you. Yes, yes, you do that. I'm not really listening to you anyway. Now I'm going to stay here in the east and make sure that our territory is here. Know that the triumvirate and Rome is still in charge. And I'm going to... No No one one cares, cares. Lepidus. You'll see. I'll have my moment. No, you won't. won't. And so... On the 23rd of October, 42 BC, the Liberators were defeated in the second part of what would become known as the Battle of Philippi. With the deaths of Cassius and Brutus, there were, for the moment, very few left who stood in opposition to the Second Triumvirate. That would not be the case for long. Octavian started making new enemies almost immediately after returning to Rome. But we'll have to hear about that another time. What do you mean another time? Tell us time? now! You yeah, You, you said... This episode was going to be about Cleopatra and Antony. Cleopatra's not even been in it yet. It's not my fault. We've only covered two and a half years in this entire episode because there's too much. History! What is Cleopatra up to in the two years after the assassination of Caesar? Well, she's in Rome when it happens, along with her and Caesar's son, Caesarean. There are some who would have had Caesarean. At this point, only three years old, made heir to Caesar's fortunes. But Cleopatra knew she lived in history times, and that there was no doubt somebody would probably just kill the boy if she stayed in Rome. So she didn't. She went back to Egypt and pronounced the three-year-old Caesarean pharaoh with her as his regent in September of that year same year. What, and then just bided her time? Not at all. She sent troops to help the Triumvirate against Cassius and then there were exciting shipwrecks and soldiers were captured and people sides and loads of stuff. And you didn't think any of that warranted attention, Pear Bear? For shame. For shame, your face. We'll do Antony and Cleopatra the next time we fancy something Roman. Until then, dear listener, this has been The Silly History Biles shoe. And we are, as ever, sorry! Episode 43 or Episodus XLIII because that's in Roman numerals. Or Caesar the Reigns of Power was written and produced by the silly History Boys. The parts of Tyleus Kimber, the freed slave Pindarus, nameless legionary, and Marcus Antonius, which is Mark Antony to you and me, were brought to you by Will, Uncle Bilbo Tristram. The parts of Julius Caesar, Yokel One, Octavian, Youngius Senatorus, and a legionary were played by Rob, Uncle Bob, Bob, Bob. Bond. the parts of Brutus, Yokel II, Aulus Hurtius and Stabius Senatorus, and maybe some other characters, I swear he had more than that, uh, were given to you this week by Tom Tombo-Furmore, and the parts of Casca, Centurion, Rufus Expositionus, Lucius Pontius Aquila, Marcus Aemilius Lepidus, and Cassius were played by me, Stu the Pear-Bear Perry. Hello, everybody. Uh, The sound effects this week were, as always, given to us by zapsplat.com. Thank you, Zapsplat. Without you, we couldn't have anywhere near as many battles as we have uh, music this week uh, featured Pleasure and Sin by Sing Yells uh, the music of the wonderful Scott Buckley, the utter legend that he is, uh, the uh, music of Lord Fast Fingers for the intro music thank you very much Lord Fastfingers, Fingers and of course some music from Zapsplat.com as well, I think that's all the credits for this week, remember folks, hit the like button and subscribe or leave a review or open your front door and scream I recommend the Silly History Boys show as loud as you can, etc, etc you know, you tell a friend, they tell two friends they tell two friends, and then we've taken over the world and have our own studio and can leave our miserable jobs, Um, but anyway yes. uh, thank you very much for listening everybody bye bye now, Uh, bye 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 friends, Romans, countrymen lend me your ears I come to bury Caesar not to praise him the evil that men do lives after them The good is often interred with their bones, so let it be with Caesar. The noble Brutus hath told you Caesar was ambitious. If it were so, it were a grievous fault, and grievously hath Caesar answered it. Here, under the leaves of Brutus and the rest for Brutus is an honourable man. So are they all, all honourable men. Come I to speak in Caesar's funeral. There you go, that should be enough for you.